0: On 937 the ticket and the ticket
1: Oh, We are back, old school Austin, Nate, Jay, brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, special ingredients and butcher shop. Every type of meat, every type of cut. They have desserts. Strawberry sorbet is my favorite. Um, obviously, me and Nate are going to hopefully in- enjoy a tomahawk. You know what I'm going to have to do, Nate? Because you know Jake is going to – his team's going to lose. And then I'm going to have to shake Jake down like we're mafia, right? You know what I mean? And go get our money. So are, are they going to lose? They're playing your Jets. They're losing. Joe Flacco is there. Elite. Yeah,
2: future uh, Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Just give it time,
1: and and to pay him twenty million too. Uh, They'll get. Trust me, he'll be the next. (laughs) Only twenty. Hey, we'll take it. Him Hammer Carr, Joe Flacco played well this year, and they're gonna. First of all, they're gonna beat the Dolphins. Number one, Jake's gonna come back. So sad. They're talking about firing the coach.
0: Well, Jake, come back if they lose. He
1: he might. And that's the thing. Jake is gonna. He's gonna play the long game on our tomahawk. Don't trust me, Nate. By the time when you really, when you come back to visit, I'll have the tomahawk. I probably are, will get two out of Jake because I'm a charging points like mafia. <laughs> we're the hitman. We're the bone. We're, the, we're we're the bone breakers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm. Ha- I already have my first run at doing the tomahawk, <laughs> and I'll have another one ready for you. So that's the, my favorite uh, selection from the certified P. Piedmontese Mercado uh, Butcher Shop. So. Courtesy of Jake Sorensen and the Miami Dolphins, I love you so much, Jake. I can't wait. I'm pretty sure he's traveling right now, so uh, he can listen to the podcast later. But going out to Joe Flacco would be a tough way to go out, too, dude. Joe Flacco would throw dimes on you. He does, but Joe
2: Flacco is what like 39 now. Don't get me wrong, I fra- love Joe no, Flacco. he's fragile, though. You, you, you he's you, fragile. You, yeah,
1: but Joe Flacco is going to light them up and like he's a got a noodle arm now. Yeah, but he's, but trust me, watch when he come out throwing dimes and, and salads, th- taking receipts. <laughs> I know he's taking receipts um but we covered Marcus Satterfield a little bit in the first segment, and now we're gonna go to the defense, which obviously i think is the most important, led by uh coach white tony white um and he had his first press conference, and he talked about the three three five talked about you can you know one thing I did like about it um now granted, whatever they say you wish you know you just want them to do um but one thing I liked liked about i i mean the only time I played in the three-three-five was on third down. That was like our nickel D or dime defense, or you know, kind of whatever we used to call it. So I've never really seen it week in and week out, you know, particularly work work. But the one thing I say I liked, not necessarily you know about the defense, but just about him as a coordinator. He just said, "Look, we'll," he said, "pretty much we'll adjust to what we have." So I think one of his quotes is, "We have a really good defensive line. We we'll run pretty much of a 4 2 five. If he has guys that are better on the outside and the edges and playmakers, you know, then they'll run a, you know, three three five. 3 um, They could maybe just even morph that into a 3-4. Um, you know, what people really don't understand, and this is just in defenses in general, you know, you can, you know, like when I was – here's an example. So when I was in Buffalo, we ran a straight odd front 3-4, essentially a zero technique, which Ted Washington was there and he was just destroying everything in the middle. Bruce Smith. And Phil Hansen and five techniques. That's just an odd front. And then the two linebackers over the guards, that's a, just a regular base 3-4, mm-hmm. but we had them do. So it didn't matter what we did. Then when I went to Houston, we had 3-4 personnel, but we ran a lot of 4-3 fronts. That's over fronts, odd fronts, um, you know, eagle fronts, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, uh, reduced fronts. So we did all that stuff. We did kind of, you know, we, you know it's, it, but we adjusted that to our personnel. I played in different four threes, right? I did a four three where it's kind of you know um, predicated on speed. We're more of a, like a Tampa, Remember the Rams when they were really good. Like <laughs> shout okay. out Tony Dungy, yeah, Tony Dungy. <laughs> then you kind of run a regular four three. So I think that as long as you're a coordinator and you're willing to adjust, I like it. So um, and we'll see. You know, you really don't know where the roster's at right now. Um, I think probably the most glaring two glaring spots, which is is probably defensive line and linebacker, and I think linebacker is fine as long as they come back healthy, the two starters. (laughs) Defensive line, I think depth-wise, is probably a little thin. I think we got a ton of outside guys, Uh, so we'll see what he does. But I wanted to get your guys' thought on the first, uh, I guess, meeting or first time hearing uh, Coach White.
2: Well, it's refreshing to hear that they're going to tailor the defense to who's on the field, who's on the team. I think that's refreshing because I think – Nebraska, at first, a lot of fans are saying, "Oh my gosh, three, three, five what's that gonna look like? look like sounds like that's not set in stone. Right. It's, do you have the athletes for a three, three five run a three three five if that's not the personnel you have." Let's not do it. That was refreshing to hear. It, it'll just be interesting because I, I look at a guy like Tony White, and I know that Syracuse isn't on the same playing field as, as Nebraska and all that, but, I mean, the Duke can coach. Yeah. Syracuse's defense was no joke. And let's not act like Syracuse is a football powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no, not mean, even a basketball powerhouse. I mean, yeah. no. Yeah, and not, not anymore, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. You're playing in the dome. Come on. Yeah. But I – I mean, it's refreshing. I think he's a good coach. And I think out of all the hires that were made, this is probably the one I feel the most confident in, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, because he's done it recently. He's done it. And he's done it with less.
1: With hey. significantly yeah, yeah, less. Yeah. What do you think, Austin?
0: I'm curious to see how it plays out because we heard the same, well, oh, we'll adjust our personnel run that we have to from Mark Whipple last year. Right. That didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. So I'm willing to give Tony White the benefit of the doubt. Having not really seen a whole lot of 335, I don't really know what to expect. Gave Michigan some fits yeah. when TCU did it. Yeah. I- a, a kind of bigger – Michigan was talking trash, too. They you know, were. Saying it was yeah, like the, 3, three five. We're not scared yeah. of this. Yeah, the
1: quarterback was. Talking well, you know, about that it, works yeah, out I for A you. lot of run lanes. Yeah.
0: yeah. A little bigger picture with it. I, I think there are two marks of a good coach. Number one is being able to be adaptable to the personnel you have. And I think that's key year one, year two, when it's not, you know, your guys, right. quote unquote. And I do like the Matt Rule said, you know, they're on our team, they're our guys, whether right. we recruited them or not. I like right. that. But I think that's one way to identify a good coach is how does he work with what he has right, right. there. I think the other mark of a good coach that we saw in this first recruiting class is how do you identify guys that fit what you want to do? Right, yeah. you know, how do you target those traits that fit in your system? Right. I would expect to see some more of that mixing and matching the first couple years as this first recruiting class and next year's class you know, get acclimated, yeah. grow up, get bigger, hit the weight room a little bit. Year three, year four, if the staff is still around, that's when I think we really get into the three-three-five, where they identify the guys that fit what they want and to do. they're be ready to play.
1: You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, first of all, three or four years done around. Austin, I'm just telling you right now, they're going to be around. Homeboy got an eight-year contract. Now, everybody else, who knows? But, but yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I think about the three-three-five. I think you got to be extremely fundamentally sound up front. you got to be really good up front. Um, and good doesn't mean, like – uh, there's not a Jason Peter on the on the team, but what yeah. you have to do is you have to be good in your role. Um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that this these any you know of both sides of the ball or the whole co- whole coaching staff as whole as that they have to do, and this is in particularly what I think Bill Bush and those guys did on defense last year. They got to make keep first of all you can do whatever front you want, make it simple so they can be athletic and aggressive, but then also as you're going through spring ball, as you're going through off season workouts. Attention to detail and fundamentals is huge. And you have to be able to coach each player differently. But those can, there can't be any leeway on that. Because footwork at the, line, at the second level has to get better. I firmly believe our guys, Nick Heinrich and those guys, when healthy or whoever's playing, can play faster if their fundamentals and footwork were better. I'm a firm believer of that. Because you want to know why? I saw Zach Thomas do it, and he, he had, Zach Thomas looked like he had a piano running on his back when he <laughs> ran a forty. When you get him on that field, his footwork was impeccable, his football acumen was even better, and his playmaking ability went up. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, but then also that's as a whole defense, and so three three five, you can be more athletic. I think you, you know again, you got to be multiple. I know that's a catchy phrase, but you can be. I look at a three three five more of a, like a four or three with a guy that just isn't big enough yet that he's always like your open end cover guy. I do. Okay. Um, I think you have like, I think a three, three, five can be really, really good. If your defensive line is playing good, you got one guy that's on the ball, like a linebacker, like a Jamari Butler, you know, whoever blaze in and all these guys are on the ball. And then you can have like a hybrid guy. That's an in-between guy. So you're thinking like right off the top of my head, thinking Javon, Wright. Maybe Apple get you know um, Javens just because he fits it. I mean he's six five and we've seen mm-hmm. him here. He comes in the station sometimes, and he and if he can get you know if he's two fifteen two twenty five he's he's got plenty of length and strength. That, I mean he's probably tailor made for a three three five. He you know when you think of a three three five type of cyborg or hybrid is you want the Simmons from Clemson a couple of years ago? Yeah, mm-hmm. can do it all. Can play on the ball. Can blitz. Can cover you know, can, you know, cover more than the middle of the field. I mean, he, can, he literally he can, would go from D line to safety. Yeah. And corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you want. Now those guys aren't, those guys are unicorn type of guys, but that's what you want to have that type of flexibility out of that position. And then everybody else is going to be playing uh, at it, but you got to be gap sound. I think, you know, when I watched a little bit of three, three, five of Syracuse this year, when they played Pitt, their nose guard, you know, they, he found, I'll give this about, say this about uh Tony White. They had a 5'11", 270-pound nose guard. I'm straight up. Huh. But that dude was punching a hole in every center. So he found a way to find somebody to get on the field to be effective in his defense. Now, what they also did at times, because their defensive line was, wasn't like, say, his Big Ten size, they did a lot of stunts and stuff like that. But you got to be very, very good in that where, you, you, you know, if you're stunting or slanting – you can't just get washed out and pushed. So you got to be able to stunt and slant, get your gap, square your pads up, make plays. And so, it, you know, it's a lot of work to do. But I think if they, you know, go into it and, and, and look at what they have, I think they'll be fine. And I think you've seen that at times. I mean, even at the pro level, you look at uh, Wink, Wink Martindale. That's what he mm-hmm. w- w- what he's known as, or you know, Don Martindale, <laughs> is at the Giants. He doesn't have everybody that he'd like because he came from Baltimore, where they were historically one of the best defenses in the league. But what he's done, he's tailored made his defense and the calls to his personnel. And now you're starting to see fruits of your labor. Steve Spagnola, right? Notoriously slow start with, with Kansas City. But mm-hmm. at the end of the season, that defense is playing pretty good. What does he do? Mm-hmm. Adjust to the personnel that he has on the team, whether they even pick up guys. Remember, they pick up Terrell Suggs in the middle of the season. Yeah. You know, they had uh, you know Fowler and you know, guys like that that they've had. And then as the season goes on, he gets better. So there's no different. Now what they have to do now is to make sure you get, you know, the D-line coach has got to get more out of Ty Robinson.
0: Gotta, gotta gotta gotta
1: Nash, big nash, big daddy nash you gotta be the polar bear you gotta get in a little bit better shape then you gotta get wind going then there's a judy guy he's gotta mm-hmm. do he's gotta do good then you can't forget about uh raquan buckley so there's a lot mm-hmm. of coaching teaching developing going on and we don't have time as we're you know a couple of years because guess what wisconsin doesn't care nope. iowa don't care nope the party's getting started with pj fleck in minnesota Deion Sanders don't care. Nope. Fresno or whatever, and then Northern Illinois. Nobody's going to be – so when you play 12 games, I think you should win eight. I do. I agree. If you're telling me that you got a pro quarterback, you should win eight games. If you're telling me that that dude Jeff Sims, that these guys think he's a pro, then you better win eight games. Or not better. That's what I think you should win. But the thing is, every game that you play, which I would have died for, is a big game. We didn't, you know, when we played, you know, Pacific and all them dudes. Yeah, I mean, you're I mean,
0: Nebraska. They're Pacific.
1: It's hype. You get coming out the tunnel. Pacific,
0: but...
2: home of uh, Hakeem Olajuwon.
1: No, where Green he went. One. He went to he went to Houston. You're thinking about Michael Candy. Oh yes, <laughs> the, <Yep. number> one <laughs> Michael Candy the candy man. and he wasn't sweet. But the, the thing <laughs> is, is uh
2: oh, I'm know, thinking he... uh five slamma jamma.
1: Yeah, that's Houston. Cougars. Houston, Houston. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Clyde Drexler.
1: Yeah, all them dudes. Mm-hmm. And But the thing is, you don't get to, again, specific when we play. We only get like eight plays. You know, everybody play that game. So, um, these guys get to go out and compete at the highest level. But it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of attention to detail. And um, so, they got a tall order in it. But it was good to hear what Coach White had to say. You know, I, I think there's one quote I'm going to get you guys on before we go to break. Um, he talked about he's got to study the black shirts and find out what it all I mean, dude, I, I don't understand what the – like, from when Bo Pelini did it, I don't understand what – like, if you – it's just like you're going to Ohio State and they call their defense the silver bullets. Like you, this in the, the stickers, right? It's been going on long before you got here. It's not that hard. Talk to a couple of guys. You give out the black shirts at the beginning of the year. You hold them to the standard that is supposed to be there. And you just coach. It's not that hard. There's plenty of guys here. Jason Peter was down there all year. I'd advise you to get him in your office and dig into. Not only he can give you intel on the players, what worked, what didn't. But also, he's, he's the one guy that started to throw the bones. People don't know that. It's a black shirt for real. Trev Alberts is your AD. There's other guys around there's yeah, doctors, You know, There's a local radio
0: host on the right. air from 4 to 6 every yeah, day here on right. 93.7. The ticket and that knows a thing or two. You
1: can even go down to Grand Island and, and ask Phil Ellis. Dr. I call him, his nickname is Dr. Death. Meanest dude I've ever seen. Straight up. <laughs> he <laughs> Trust me, he'd poke your eye out from Grand Island. I call him Dr. Death. So, I mean, those are guys that you got out there. And plus, you got, like, Tony Veland, Steve Warren, all these guys. T. Around. Farley. Yeah, T. Farley. You know, there's plenty of guys around here. It's not that hard. So, but I think Tony White will do fine. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see him talk a little bit, you know, put a little uh, FaceTime with the names and, you know, and uh, see where they're going. I'm sure that, you know, they got their first introductory to a small or a big, big town, I guess, Nebraska is. I don't know what a small city or town. And probably the the media coverage that is Pretty much major city level. So they got an introductor introduced to it today. They got to, uh, I think, Tony White got to see Nick taking pictures of him. Which is funny. <laughs> yeah, he's he's turned turned into his soul. That, that? Yeah, that was funny. He, you know what he was thinking. Like, man, who's this fool taking a picture of You know <laughs> what I mean? Well, it's all right, though. You get used to it. So uh, that's good, man. First segment down. Uh, then we're going to get in some picks. So, and we also get to pick the toilet bowl. That's what we've got to ride it on, something on the toilet we got to find the to- toilet bowl. What the, come on, now. Houston brand. Indy. Houston Indy. All right, come yeah. on. It's pretty bad. That's it. we are we going to go? A couple shots on that? You want to? Yeah, we're going to go a couple but shots. The thing over. is,
2: I have no faith in the Colts, and it would be very Houston to blow the first overall pick.
1: I know. Because if they lose this, the we, Bears would get it. We don't have any faith. I don't have faith in you. First of all. You
2: seen the Colts play recently? Houston, my everyone God. sucks. I can,
1: guarantee, oh my God. I can guarantee Houston's losing this game. Guarantee they're losing this game. <laughs> Will you embrace young? Yeah, we need him. We you need, need you need something. Yeah, we need like.
2: You got gas mask though. I love him. <laughs> yeah, so
1: Laramie Thompson was my, my, my main man. I gotta get with that gas mask. So we're gonna go to a break. Come back. Have a little bit longer segment. Segment. We're gonna get our picks. Jay Foreman, Nate, and Austin will be.